What's up, my miners of intelligence? It's Rick Brooks, and this is Inquisitive Minds. Today, we have a very special guest, John Grandstaff, who is a competitive shooter and a conservative constitutionalist, and my friend. Also, another announcement I got to make is I've got, I found the mysterious third guy, and his name is Mad Max Brawley, or Max Brawley. So he's going to Google things for me and fact check me and make sure I'm not completely full of shit. So that's great. It's exciting. Uh, I broke down and joined the Twitterverse, so you can follow me at Inquisitive Rick. Uh, not just started out. We'll see how this plays out. It seems fun. I like it so far. So without further ado, Mr. John Grandstaff, welcome to Inquisitive Minds, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. No problem. So most likely, we're definitely going to talk about gun control, <coughs> but... Uh, you know, in the meantime, how you been? <laughs> I've been pretty good. What have you been up to? So you're you're a competitive shooter. You've been competitive shooting a lot? Not really. Uh, I do a lot of plinking at the AR ARPC, the Helping Rifle and Pistol Club. And I, I do a couple matches here and there. We've got a speed steel match coming up the last Sunday, 24th, I believe. What is a speed steel match 25th. for for listeners? It's essentially you got six or seven stages, and you have a bunch of steel plates set up. And usually you shoot pistols. Okay. And you can shoot. The brilliance of the speed steel uh, match is that you can shoot anything from 22 all the way up to 45 ACP or bigger. Okay. As long as it's a pistol or a pistol caliber carbine, and it's just uh, steel plates and an array of steel plates, and you do five strings of them. So it can be anywhere from three plates to ten plates, and there's usually. A stop plate so you have to hit all the other ones before you hit the stop and then you calculate your time okay and then the person with the slowest time wins yeah we, we rank it all up there's usually about 50 people and there's money in this as well you can win money there's no money I think it takes 10 bucks to to uh, register and get in okay but that kind of goes to you know keeping the plates nice and replacing targets etc and so when you're competitive shooting do you use a pistol because I think we as we were talking a little bit before this podcast I don't I have a 22 pistol that I use uh, for target shooting okay and uh, actually at the OSU pistol club okay nice which is pretty cool I, another thing we can talk about yeah definitely uh, but I usually use a pistol caliber carbine uh, I got a, a mp5 that I'm waiting on tax stamp for to put a butt stock on. Okay. But I use a, an Uzi a nine millimeter semi-automatic right now. Oh, that's awesome. It's a bit heavy, yeah. but it makes the recoil very manageable. Ooh. So. That, that's, that's very interesting. Now an Uzi, that would be, would that be classified as like an assault uh, weapon? It's actually, the military version of it would be a submachine gun. Okay. But uh, the civilian version, the semi-automatic version is actually a, um, what you just call a sporting rifle or, or sporting pistol. Mm -hmm. It was actually started out as a rifle, and I uh, essentially fill out the the application to make it a short barrel rifle. Okay. Because short barrel rifles and machine guns have been regulated in this country since 1934. Okay. Yeah, since the, since the the mobsters the mobsters. Right, and everybody uh, got, got scared and 
the government said this is an easy way to regulate. Do you things. do you think that it's a good thing that um, you have to fill out paperwork? Kind of. No, I don't. You don't. You don't like that. Mm-hmm. You think that everyone should be able to have uh, the, like semi-automatic weapons and auto, fully auto weapons. You know, honestly, there really isn't much of a difference. And since it's been regulated all the way back since 1934, I don't really understand the real argument. And given the information age and knowing what we know about them, I don't see that as a necessary regulation, to be honest. That's fair. Uh, and honestly, if we're talking about criminality, which is actually very low when you when you look at these different types of weapons, and fully automatic weapons haven't been used in crimes for decades and decades and decades. Uh, at least the registered ones and the legal ones. See, that's the that's I think that's the funniest thing is it's not like that's one thing that's not mentioned in the news is is eventually like the the we looked that up the occurrences of um, registered guns being used in violence versus uh, like illicit guns. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, from what I've seen, the the vast majority of crimes are either from stolen guns or. Uh, ones that aren't registered, anything that's registered. Yeah, it's going to happen, but the incidences right. are, are a lot lower. And we talked about this earlier, too, that most most guns are used in crimes are, aren't even these assault rifles or assault weapons, as the gun grabbers and hoplophobes call it. They're actually 22 and 38 caliber revolvers and pistols. That's very interesting. I think the main point um, that I get from the people that are on pro, uh, pro-gun are that we can't, we give an inch, they'll take a mile, and we can't concede any ground. And I think <clears> that <throat> makes it, it makes it different, the, the amount of distrust that uh, we have in the government. And there's definitely just cause to have distrust in the government. It's, I mean, you look at the, the leaks and the various forms of, of corruption that are. Just look who involved. our politicians are partnering up with. Uh, Governor Kate Brown just took, was it $250,000 from Michael Bloomberg? Yeah. Because she's anti-gun. And he's, uh, he pretty much funded the, the elimination of all private sales in Washington uh, a couple years ago. And he also funded politicians to get past our elimination of private sales in Oregon. And he's also currently trying to do the same thing in Nevada. It's so weird. So you, you definitely feel as if your rights are, you're, you're losing your rights or being right. infringed on every single day. And if you think it's, it's odd that I, that I, I defend these kinds of rights. Look at it in the context of another one of our constitutional rights, say uh, illegal search and seizure. You wouldn't say, okay, it's okay for the cops to be in your foyer, but not in your back bedrooms without a warrant. They can come in, they can kick your door in, but they can only go to this certain point. You know, where do you draw the line? Exactly. It it covers your entire property, and you would never concede that it doesn't without a warrant. Exactly. But then there's acts, and, and this is something that I wanted to bring up is, uh, I think it's the, what, the National Defense Authorization Act? Yes, the NDAA. I was looking into, looking into that, and that, that allows uh, the United States government to detain uh, a United States citizen, uh, I don't know if it's indefinitely, um, but to detain them without just cause on a suspicion, on a suspicion, no facts, people, no facts, a suspicion of being a terrorist. Right. Which... Which really caters into like this weird social thing we have going on. It's it's we lived live in a fear based society based on fear, and that's one of the goals of, of the show's kind of to change. Yeah, there's it's a lot of bad shit that happens in the world, but for the most part, this place, this world is an awesome place, and we need to work to better and change it, and and to try not to be afraid. You know, exactly. Because a life lived in fear is not really a life lived at all. Well, again, too, uh, this kind of plays into the whole. Uh, 
discussion here about firearms and firearms, owning firearms and being into just the Second Amendment right in general, uh, if, if not actually believing in it and respecting it, uh, but you know, just knowing that it exists and not wanting to take away from others, it, it embodies responsibility. Yeah. You know, when, when you own a firearm and you know how to defend your life and others around you with it, or if you just own a firearm in general and understand how to, how to use it safely and not be harmful with it, there's a great responsibility with that. And it's very empowering. Yeah. And it makes you, instead of rely on others for your personal security and safety, it makes you rely on yourself. And it just, it breeds liberty. Now, when you started, you have your concealed carry permit, I'm assuming. Right? I do. Uh, when when you started carrying, was it humbling? Did you like because of you're ta talking about increased responsibility? What yes. like do you think that you became uh, a more, much more level-headed person? I did, and the the thing is, is I'd say anybody who's a hothead shouldn't carry a gun. And I know several people who have taken the classes to get the concealed carry, and they've noticed themselves. They say, you know what? I went through the class and we talked about the AOJs and what is that? Uh, ability, opportunity, and jeopardy. Okay. So that's the things that have to be in play with your uh, an aggressor before you can use deadly force. Yeah. And the things like if your hands are cold, it's fear. If your ears are burning, it's anger. You know, those different things and the legal aspects of it. And I know people who recognize that in themselves and they say, you know, I'm just not the kind of person who should be carrying a gun because I'm too hot-headed. And that's good. Yeah. Uh, but I noticed... Uh, I felt it was really after the Virginia Tech shootings, and I felt I'm not going to go to school and be caught with my pants down. Some crazy comes in, starts shooting. Yeah. I want to have a fighting chance. And so when I started carrying a gun, people say, you know, well, you know, people start carrying guns, everybody's shooting everybody else. That's not the case. You carry a gun, and my whole viewpoint changed. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, it went from I'm looking, I'm looking to scan a room, look for the threats, just to look at people's body language. You know, just kind of hang back, not get involved in anything. If there's any sort of scuffle, any sort of weird stuff, I'm always de-escalating. You know, uh, if someone wants to get in my face, insult me, it's always like, yeah, you're totally right. I'm in the wrong. doesn't matter. I just, I, my whole viewpoint changed from no, aggressive to non-aggressive and non-confrontational. That's a good, I think, also, I think, we're, as we were talking about this, the whole fear base, it's, it's I don't think, people don't trust other people's judgment. Like, I guess I, I lean more toward, I do trust people's judgment. I think that people will, maybe they'll make mistakes, bad things are going to happen, that's inevitable. We can't prevent that. I have to, I have to trust in humanity to be like, okay, well, if John wants to carry a gun, I have to assume that he's not going to want to kill me. It's like every time you get in your car, it's the same way. You have to assume that everyone's going to obey. The, you have to also watch out for dangers. But yeah. you're trusting in humanity and the rules that are set up within the driving system. Like that that guy's not going to blow through that stop sign or that guy's not going to blow through that red light. That's kind of the same. I, I view like that's kind of how life should be. We just have to trust exactly. that shit's going to happen. That's a reality. There's 300 yeah. million people in this country alone, 7 billion people on the planet. That's the reality. But yeah. For the most part, you got to just trust. Yeah, you, trust you know, people's because judgment. people, uh, people overall, are good people and they make good decisions. It's actually a very small fraction of our society. It's 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 worse in, in different pockets of the country in different large cities, but it's a real small fraction of the people in our society are criminal and yeah. make bad decisions and are evil people. Yeah, you know, when you look at that. And we talked about this earlier. The crime stats. There's only actually only eight thousand unjustified homicides a year yeah. with, with firearms. Um, 
And uh, violent crime is actually at an all-time low in this country when people actually think it's at an all-time high, when in fact it's at the lowest it's ever been since the early 90s. The, uh, I got here, um, according to a uh, Chicago Crime Lab study, they tested about 70 inmates who had been detained for one reason or other, and they had firearms on them, and about 2.9% of them bought their guns from a gun store. The article goes <clears throat> through and says that there are some caveats, though. There's other legal ways to get a gun, yeah. but 2.9% bought it from a gun store. And then later on it says about... 40% of them said that they got it. That's what they admitted to getting it illegally. So yeah. there's some weird gaps there, but yeah. I've always found Australia, like Australia, they took away all guns, and they haven't had a violent gun crime since that. that Australia is an interesting case, and politicians like to trump this up. Yeah. You know, no pun intended here. Yeah. Election. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, they, and they say Australia is a great example, blah, 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 blah. Well, if you look at the stats, Australia, when they banned guns, their violent crime actually spiked. It went up. And then over the years, it's come back down, but it's never sunk below that original level. Okay. So that's something to look at, too. And, and, and also, too, you look at uh, – sorry, sorry, but you, <laughs> you look at their stats and you look at their, uh, their mass shootings, and that's not something that they ever had an issue with. And that's not something that usually happens there anyway. Exactly. That was yeah. one. That was when on one. average we have, what, six a year in, in the United States? Yeah. And, and that, that was one thing that was, that was pointed out. But it's also, what I don't, the one thing I, I've always wanted to get across is, are we, we're not Australian, we're, we're Americans. We're inherently different. And, exactly. And culture's different. We need to understand that are we, are we willing to live in a world where we are forced to give up we, we are, the world is changing. We're giving up privacy, we're giving up a lot of things, but we're not really talking about is it, what's the cost? Like, yeah, to be free is to be dangerous, to have personal autonomy and, and choose what you put in your body or what you do to your body, whether you wanna have a kid or not. Like, to be truly free is yeah, dangerous. That, that's risky. an assault cup. Is that, is that 32 ounces of coffee? That's a high capacity assault cup right there. I'm, I'm real, real uh, nicked up on that. <laughs> You better be careful. I'm jacked up on caffeine. One of these days they're going to ban caffeine. Everybody's going to go, damn, cops are driving around high on this stuff. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's what, what are we, you know, the, the decisions, you, we should be, all be free to make the decisions that we're going to make. And whether they're good decisions or bad decisions, I think it's important to allow people to, to make. But as long as they don't adversely affect. Guns are tricky because... Mm -hmm. They're dangerous. It went in the wrong hands. And, well, yeah. education is a big thing there. Yes. And yeah, have faith in, in mankind, humankind, you know, men and women. Yeah, human cats are good <laughs> Yeah, the fairer sex as well. Yeah. And we, yeah. We, we can't exclude them. You know, uh, yeah, I totally agree with you, man. I totally agree with you. It's, there's this inherent fear that's been pushed, and it's, it's, kind of, it's an insidious thing. And it's, it's backwards from what the reality is, is that pretty much people are good and when left to their own devices make pretty damn good decisions. Exactly. It's it's getting the government and, 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 and all the red tape out of their ways that when they enable them to make these good decisions. Or you know, just promoting love instead of hate and fear. Dude, I'm right there with you. I don't know, I think that that would solve a lot of a lot of issues. I mean you heard about the strike in India. I did, I read a little bit about that. Hundred and eighty million people mobilized and strike and went on strike. 
It's the largest strike in human history. It's a hell of a thing. Yeah, it is. It really is. I didn't read much about it, but yeah, it's crazy. I think I think it's amazing. I can't quite remember what it, what it was about. Mash, want to pull that up? Yeah. Um, but I think that's that's incredibly powerful. I wish we could use that model here to kind of promote some sort of change. I don't even know what change. We would, I mean, maybe we could just say we want a new candidate. We want two new candidates. <laughs> well, we, we don't talk, want this. We, we talk, don't want this we don't at want all. This. We talked about this last time about the uh, uh, the electoral college. Yeah. The last time we met, and we were talking. To, I was talking about how I would much prefer when it comes to the presidential vote a popular vote, a actual democratic vote, rather than a. Uh, what would you call it? constitutional republic yeah. kind of a vote where we we vote for somebody and then electoral college essentially votes for us. We don't know who those people are. I mean, if we were to know who those people are and then we could see the votes counted, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. And again, on a on kind of a side note here, I'm, I'd be in favor of whenever I vote, either at the state level or the fe- uh, federal level, that I'm able to see if I have a voting number. And it can be anonymous. You can keep the, the vote private like it always has been. But I want to see that my voting number matches up with what I voted for. So, I mean, I'm suspicious down to that. Like, oh, is my wow. vote really counted? I want to see it. I want to see it actually counted. It really wouldn't be that hard to do if we voted on the internet. Hell, we could use social security numbers, right? But if that's too sensitive for some people, create a whole new whole new scheme. Yeah, I mean, honestly. I, 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 I need to look into the electoral college situation a little bit more because it was, it was set up to rid the United States of the tyranny of the majority. It's supposed to let people that are unrepresented uh, that sounds like rich cast, people talking. Yeah, cast vote. <laughs> the 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 only the only unfortunate thing is is those the, the people that are like super delegates or uh, any of the delegates they don't have to vote. In fa- if the if if my state is let's say I was a, a blue state or let's say I was libertarian lived in a libertarian state. Okay, <laughs> let's do that. And that's, and that's a beautiful that's, idea. That's what people wanted to vote for. They but they were. Like let's say we voted for all voted for Gary Johnson in the state of Oregon for argument's sake. Okay, for argument's they, sake. They wouldn't. Yeah, they wouldn't. The people that are on the delegates, they wouldn't have to cast their vote that way. They're supposed to, but they don't have to. Right. Which is disturbing. They essentially go by the same rules that the Democratic National Party goes by when it comes to uh, nominating a presidential candidate. Yeah. They can vote their conscience. They don't have to vote for what they're. The uh, people of the party voted for, yeah. which is Democratic and the the RNC and the DNC aren't. They're not even this Democratic thing. It's like a it's a corporation in Dude. essence. Like it's a freaking corporation that blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, what happened with Bernie Sanders? He got screwed a over. Fucking raw deal. How on that. crazy is that? That happened. Like that happened. Yeah, and you know, and then Hillary. Thank Clinton. God for WikiLeaks and all that. You know, showing that. Showing the corruption. I mean, I guess that's an instance where that's totally appropriate. Yeah, yeah. The, the leaking information—that's an interesting thing. That was—it was interesting that Obama. I remember listening to this, one of his speeches. I got goosebumps because he was like, "Oh, we're going to be pro whistleblower," and then you know, like what a year later, he's like, "We're going to go after him." Oh yeah, we're going to go after whistleblowers. We're going to—we're going to crack the whip. We're going to get him. Yeah. That was—I was like, "What? Where are the checks and balances? You guys just can't do anything you want to." Speaking of Obama, it's my firm belief, I'm going to be on the record to say this, that he's a fucking con artist. He's a really good one, 
but he's a fucking con artist. Supremely intelligent. I respect that. Oh, dude, yeah. That's the thing. You can't help but like him because he's totally affable and charismatic, but you can't help but respect him, too, because all the shit he's done and then convince people that everything's cool. It's so interesting. I, I'm, I'm split because, like, a lot of people that, you know, a lot of circles I'm in, a lot of people are very business-oriented and whatnot, and, and Obamacare is really a tough pill to swallow. It's not really constitutional. I, on the other hand, think of it as, like, he tried. He tried. Like, I, I can't be mad at that. I don't know why. You know, you do understand what I, I'm saying? I do, but I have a different perspective. And I've heard people call him a used car salesman. And I, I disagree. I think he's an insurance salesman, especially since the Supreme Court upheld the Affordable Care Act as not some sort of health care bill, but as a tax. Oh, that's interesting. Essentially, it's a poor tax. Yeah. People who can afford insurance already pay for it, and they're going to well, continue yeah. to pay for it. Yeah. But people people who can't afford it fall into this category where they get it taken care of. And that's actually the, the plus side is that it's helped expand Medicaid and Medicare, and it's helped uh, expand like Oregon Health Plan. It's kind of let the fire under the state's asses to do that, even if that might bite us in the ass in the budget later. Maybe. It's still good. It's helped a lot of people. But the people in between who, can't, who aren't poor enough to get the help but still aren't rich enough to buy it, they get taxed if they don't buy a product. Yeah. Which is not good. No, it's That's like, not good. It's, what are you going to do, stop living? Yeah, I like, like, I, I love the idea of it. I think the idea is beautiful. Um, and, and when I was living in Europe for a time, uh, I lived in Denmark, they have uh, national health care. But then if you're rich, you, you buy your private health care yeah. because it's a little bit better. You don't have to wait in line to get surgery. You go streamline through. Like mm-hmm. it's, So there's there's caveats to everything. Um, it's, it's basically the more you know. But I... I I don't know. I, I struggle with that one because I've seen that program do a lot of good for people. Yeah, and that's kind of the catch-22, isn't it? Is that as unconstitutional as it really is, even, I mean, I guess it's not since the Supreme Court said it's not because it really is a tax. But it's one of those things where it's done a lot of good, but it also fucks a lot of people. Yeah. It, it keeps people poor. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. I know from specific people I've yeah. talked to that's really, really affected. Yeah. People in the service industry, especially in Oregon, where for food service is really big, it's fucked a lot of people there. Really? To yeah. me, it seems like it, it's it's widening the gap to jump. Yeah. So it is. if you can't afford it, you stay in, in the Obamacare mm-hmm. system. You get health care, you're taken care of. But if you have any sort of ambition, you want to make it to the top, you have to go through this pretty grueling stage, I feel like, to get it there. And yeah. it's. And, it, and it's keeping people, keeping people down there. To me, it's right on the nose, man. I like it. I like it. <laughs> well, and, and and this we can't blame it on bigotry or racism. It's like you're poor. You know, it's like there's plenty of poor white people, black people, Asian yeah, yeah. people, you know, Hispanic people. It's like so it really feels like well we're equal, equal opportunity discriminating. <laughs> yeah, is what it feels like. That is, that is that is what it feels like. But it's I don't know. It's one of those things, man. Like. I haven't really, don't really, haven't formed an, a solid opinion either way. I've seen a lot of good and I've heard a lot of bad. Well, don't let me no, uh, throw my not. opinion over the no, top of you like I that. Love, I love hearing different points of view on things because it's, there's no, it's, everything is not black and white. There is Dude, so not. much middle ground. And a, a huge problem in our society is the yelling back and forth between the two sides. 
the first thing I do when I try and when I'm discussing someone with a different viewpoint is I try and find common ground immediately. Like, okay, how can I'm gonna I'm gonna humanize you as a human being and make sure that I can like you so we can we can chat. Okay, let's let's find out what we have in common. Oh, now we have something in common. Let's work from here. Yeah. Let's work from the common ground to see if we can meet somewhere in the middle. Well, I noticed that too. I mean, you're not a, like a gun nut, gun enthusiast type of guy, but I'm taking out shooting, you can shoot. Well, yeah, you, you, shoot, you know how to shoot a pistol. Well, right? yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. I, you know, I was, <laughs> I was raised around guns, so I have yeah. a different sort of understanding of what they are and what they can do and how much fun. Seriously, if you've never shot a gun, people do it. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, and it's amazing. It's a rush. It's 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 a good time. Um, they're safe if you have the proper education and training. It's not that hard to do, obviously. Anyone uh, who's a friend of Rick or anyone in general, I'm a range officer out of the Elven Rifle and Pistol Club. If you want to come out, we can have as many guests out there as, as we want. Contact me. I'll take you out and introduce it's you. It's a good time. It's, I feel like that's that's a, another big thing. Is you can't really knock. You can't be against something until you try to do it, I feel like. Right. We got a lot of that. you need to understand... The you need to understand uh, if you can if you're able to you need to understand the other point of view as much as possible before you form any solid opinions. But with that being said, man, do you think if you grew up in a, an area or a neighborhood where bullets were whizzing past your head and your family said and you'd lost family members to gun violence, uh, do you think that you, you probably would have a different point of view on the gun control? Okay, all things equal, I wouldn't. And the reason being is that given if I, if I wasn't brainwashed from birth that these tools used to either take life or defend life are inherently evil, then I would say I'd want exactly what the bad guys have. You know, the thugs of the mob, yeah. or I want what the cops have, you yeah. know, to defend myself. And that's just me. If me, if me being the same person, you know, the uh, cultural and social influences aside, if you know my core personality being I want to be in control, mm -hmm. then yeah, I I would I wouldn't be I'd, I'd be pro gun. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's uh, not the answer I was expecting, <laughs> but I think it's a very good answer, very very well well thought out. I've said this before. I like to make decisions based on the veil of ignorance. And that's you know what that is. Are you familiar with this? I'm not familiar with that term. I, no. was, I want to say it was John Kant. Or John Locke, I don't know, it's a philosopher. But um, now, I, it's great, Max is going to search this out. But the veil of ignorance, basically, you're, you have this veil, right? And you, it, when you're in this veil, you don't know what sex you are. You don't know anything, race, color, whatever. No religious affiliation, you're just neutral. And then you're asked to make decisions based on that principle. And that's the only fair way that this weather can't right leave. you take your implicit bias yeah, exactly. out you take yeah. everything out so like under that circumstance like was the death penalty uh, is that a good thing what if you were the murderer would you want to be put to death god no uh, is is it okay to steal probably not I don't like things being stolen from me and even if you were the thief that's I feel like that'd be a pretty easy one well I think good to take things I think it's a people. similar argument with those two things but uh, just speaking of the death penalty that I think that in the same way that allowing, allowing law-abiding citizens, which are the vast majority of citizens, easy access to tools of self-defense, e.g. firearms, mm -hmm. that that's a huge deterrent 
for criminals. In the same way that a criminal, like a hardcore criminal who would murder somebody or rape somebody or some sort of violent crime on somebody, mm -hmm. knowing that if they do that, they will be executed by the state. That's a huge deterrent. And it's proven throughout the years that's a huge deterrent. Especially, you know, but look at Texas. Yeah. Shit, how many fucking people they kill a year? I just have problems <laughs> with the death. I have problems with the legal system and the death penalty because so many in it that we... There's a, there's a game between the defense yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah, the defense and what the what's the other term? prosecution prosecution thank you it's a game it's not about like it's not about it's not about justice dude, no that's really disturbing and that's it and is I disturbing and I feel like you can't you need to have a, a pure if you're going to kill people you need to know yeah beyond a shadow of a doubt like exactly. because there's problems with memory uh, I've, there's a lot of science and data people will implant fake memories like, mm -hmm. that that's or just create fake memories of things yeah. they didn't see. We don't really have a very good memory. Until we can read each other's minds and whatnot, we can't, I don't think we should be putting people to death. In Norway, um, the longest you can be in prison is 15 years. And I kind of like that. I would agree with that if we had a solid, actual rehabilitation you know, for our, our criminals. And again, though, too, a career criminal, a recidivist, especially a violent... Yeah. Violent criminal who's a recidivist. Mm -hmm. Are you going to reform that person, or should they just be should they be executed, or should they put it, be put on a work crew the rest of their life breaking rocks? You know, I mean, and that's the thing is we got a lot of able-bodied males who are criminals who could be put to work doing lots of good work, it's man. So dangerous because of like you look at the prison population now. Most yeah. of them that are in there for drug, the minor offenses, drug-related And offenses. that's the problem. And it's, you, it, it, I'm, I'm talking about hardened criminals, yeah, yeah. violent okay. criminals. Hardened, violent. I'm not talking about, you know, bull bullshit drug crimes that didn't hurt anybody. Yeah, you're talking I mean, about I mean, I guess you could, you could, you know, snowball it up and be like, well, it eventually hurts this and hurts that on down the line. But, you know, some guy, some, guy, some, some guy smoked a little weed on his off time, didn't hurt anybody, right? Yeah. And then he, he's in prison for life in some states. Whatever, shooting heroin, do whatever makes you happy. I don't care. I don't yeah, care. Well, this you is know, I mean, hard drugs are, drugs are bad, okay? <laughs> 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 uh, I don't know. I, I t it's, it's interesting because it would, it, it would seem that if you, even if you were a hardened criminal, um, obviously I think that we need to, to delve into why you did what you did. Yeah. Figure, look into your past. Uh, did you did your dad beat the shit out of your mom every day and were you molested by your uncle and you're angry and you had no like why did you do that because that's when someone commits a crime and, and, and justice is served whatever that's a failure like that our society all mm -hmm. of us we're in this together we failed as a society we let someone or someone was born in the wrong I guess they came out of the wrong vagina essentially I don't know <laughs> That sucks. <laughs> they had a shitty life. They were yeah. dealt. They were dealt a bad hands of cards. That was, that's a better way to phrase it. <laughs> but, yeah, <there> you go. <laughs> but they, you know, then they weren't privileged, and we failed. No one helped them out. I totally agree with and that. I do. I, I don't want to take away from personal responsibility. And, and, and that's what I was going to say. It's hard. Like those those terrorist kids who did the Boston bombing. I mean, if we really give a shit why they did that, let's execute those little fuckers. I mean, really. I mean, I mean, seriously, I mean, that justice, justice be done. And I think, I think, it sounds really absolute, but I think there's a, there's a lot to saying somebody did a very bad thing. They murdered people at cold blood. And even if, it, especially if it was premeditated, something to saying, we're taking you out of society. We're, we, we are, we are pretty much erasing you from this world and you won't have any children and you won't influence anybody. We're going to erase you from existence. 
there, there's, a, there's a lot to that that gives people closure mm-hmm. and it also gives society closure knowing that we're taking care of that problem and it's it won't very, be a problem. It's very interesting. I mean, I, it's, I struggle. I would have it's artificial say, selection at its finest. <laughs> I would say I, I, I agree with the death penalty, but I, I have a lot of reservations for it. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be really, really clear cut. I don't know. You got to have a lot of faith in yeah, the system. Yeah, and I just don't. Yeah, I have I a hard time with that not. myself. Too many mistakes have been made. And, I, you know, you look at the, what, the Tuskegee Airmen uh, mishap. They let these poor pilots, black pilots, have, uh, I think, syphilis. And they just, oh, you've never heard about it? I haven't, man. Max, this sounds awful. Up. Oh, yeah. This is this is true true story, folks. Max, you're going to confirm it. Tuskegee. So, Tuskegee Airmen. Uh, syphilis. Check that out. So they let these guys get syphilis, or some of them got syphilis, and they, they developed a cure for it, but they didn't give it to them. They wanted to see what the disease would do. Oh, yeah. It's like the same way that like the Nazis did in uh, World yeah. War II, where they, they took an experiment on people. Yeah, basically. That's you know, what we did. broke bones over and over and let them... Soldiers. But that, I mean, that's a, that's a reality. That happened. That is, that's a fact. Yeah. Well, that's, that's another little dark part of my history. I've heard about this. And, you know, America, we like to... You know, snow everybody over and say, "Oh, well, we, we weren't into the eugenics movement, and that wasn't oh, here, and absolutely. we didn't experiment on our own people, and we didn't, you know, we didn't imprison people in camps or anything." Bullshit. You know. Oh we, yeah, we interned the Japanese. Oh like, yeah. It's that that wasn't that long ago. No, it wasn't. Like, it wasn't. It really wasn't. What like sixty years, something like that? Yeah, sixty. Yeah. Years. Well, shit. George Takei was on Star Trek. He talks about it. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't he in an internment camp as a kid? Yeah. Yeah. We took. Uh, and it's like people are still alive that went through that. We took man. farms from these <laughs> yeah. Japanese immigrants in the Northwest, San Francisco. Yeah, they weren't actually even allowed to own land at, at one yeah. point. Like they weren't even considered citizens. Yeah, like look it up. I was reading this book by James Elroy called Perfidia, Perfidia. and uh, it's it's like about uh, it's about corrupt cops and crime in Los Angeles in like the 1940s, and he has this whole series. It's actually a really good book. The, uh, the L.A. Quartet is the four books he wrote, and it turned into two movies: Black Dahlia and L.A. Confidential. Mm. Excellent books. Of course, I think I think uh, Big Nowhere and White Jazz are my two favorites. But anyway, he wrote this newer one, which is like prequel. Okay. And it's it's a pretty decent book. It has it's it's kind of like Hemingway, short declarative sentences. Okay. And he has a staccato way of writing. But one of the things was I started looking up because it's kind of fictionalized, and. Uh, in it, there was these Japanese characters who actually owned land, owned a farm, and I was reading a review about it, and they were saying that actually wasn't possible because at the time, if you were Japanese, you weren't actually able to own anything. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, here, I see so. it. Somewhere between 110 and 120,000 people of Japanese ancestry were all moved to uh, internment camps during World War II, and only about a, th- a third of those were non-citizens. So two thirds of American citizens shipped over to uh, gauges in the United States. We're trying to do it again with the National Defense Authorization Act. Yeah, getting back to that, that's actually more dangerous than, in some ways, than the Patriot Act. You know, given the Patriot Act that a government agency, if they say you're a terrorist, Mm -hmm. they can come to your house, they can arrest you without charging you, and they, they issue a gag order to media outlets, your family, lawyers saying you can't talk about it. So they essentially ghost your ass. Yeah, you know what? On this police, state, we're getting we're getting deep in the yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, on the police state argument, do you remember? You know that the the black shooter that the that killed a bunch of those cops in Dallas. Yeah, I have yeah. a cop 
that went to the funerals that is going to come on the show sometime this week, maybe even today. I don't know. Cool. We'll see. But um, they sent a robot in to ki- take that guy they out. They blew his ass. I out. mean, that freaked me out. That's like, badass. It, uh, <laughs> 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 no, I don't see. It. I didn't see it that way. That scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Are cops is using robots. With what's next? Essentially drones. drones. Yeah. What I mean. Is that that's the reality? That's um, that's the future we're moving toward, and no one's really. It was like just a small little snippet in the news, like, and they took him out with a robot. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's look into that a little bit. If more. ever there was an argument to be to to have the right to own an AR-15 with a 30 round magazine, that's it right there. <laughs> a robot's blowing you up. <laughs> yeah, granted, the dude was a terrible person. A right. terrible. I mean. First off, you can be pro-black and pro-cops. Like, let's let's get off that. That's fucking old news. Yeah, like, totally. Let's let's just chill. I'm with Sheriff Clark. I'm with Sheriff David Clark on this. That this whole this anti-cop sentiment that's been festering for two years it's finally culminated. It's it's a really negative thing. Yeah, let's let's get off that train. Let's work together. But but the fact that man, they can use robots to take people. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the military vehicles they have. Let's let's talk about some of these issues. Why? Do we need it? They're getting the hand-me-downs from the Army and the DOD, the Department of Defense. Yeah. And that's sort of disturbing. Like, it's a, it's its own little, like, the police are this own little, like, secret military force. And in my yeah, opinion, the issue, and this is why I really want to have a cop on, because he's a good friend of mine, but we, we definitely have some issues. We're going to lock horns. But um, I just don't feel like, I know that their job is to protect or to uh, uphold the law and to protect and serve, but the service part, I feel like, and granted, I know they do a lot of good things, but I feel like the service part is sort of lacking because your only interaction with the cop is when they're sitting in a car, either intimidating you or you're scared you're going to get a ticket, and Mm -hmm. I view them more as revenue collectors. In the area that I live, it's not like I'm really afraid of getting shot by police. Right, the Northwest culture. I don't really feel like that's an inherent threat on my life. And, um, you know... People are crazy. Also, I, I don't like the fact that um, white people, I think, get shot more, which makes sense because there's well, a lot more, more the of them. Exactly, but that's not talked about either. I don't think that's fair. Well, it's not talked about, like too. It's race-baiting, man. It is race-baiting. You I, know, feel, and I just sometimes get that vibe. I definitely think there's a problem, but it's like... It's just, well, it's so more weird. complex. Again, like you said, it's not all black and white. And you no. get people like uh, Al Sharpton, who's the biggest race-baiter of them all, in my opinion, out there just trying to make a name for himself and stirring it up along with a bunch of other people who are just trying to make a political career. Yeah. You know, and what's not talked about too is that, uh, yeah, you know, cops shoot African-Americans, you know, demographic a certain number of times, but also the, the criminal element of African-Americans also kill cops at almost the same rate. Why that's use, that's not talked about. the term African American or blacks or whatever. <laughs> I'm just giving you a shit. Should I say Nubian? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I don't know. I've always, I've always hated that term. It's so weird. Like, I'm just, I feel like, because I don't have any, like, connection to Africa. I'm just black. I would just prefer to be black. Right, that's right. Weird. See, that's the thing. I don't know. Some, it's like one of those weird things. Like, the, the, some black, I, I'm, I'm African-American. I just want, no, you're not, dude. You're not. No, fuck, yeah. You're not from Africa. When I say I'm European-American, no, <laughs> no I'm fucking American. so weird. And that's the thing. So <laughs> we all know race is an idea. Yeah, There's no genetic basis for race. It's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. It's a relic of the eugenics movement. It's horseshit. It's so, but it's just in this in this PC culture, striving to be politically and not a fuck it, dude. I'm all about being offended every day of my life because yeah. I, if I'm gonna be out of my comfort zone, that's where I'm at my best. That's when I learn the most. That's when I grow. I don't yeah. ever. I don't. Th- we're trying to like create this bubble 
to live in, where a bubble of safety, where everyone's safe. That's not the reality. That's not what you don't see that in nature. You don't see that's unnatural and it's unhealthy. We need we need struggle and conflict to grow. The way that's pushed in our media outlets, it it's a it's divisive and it creates this huge divide and it creates these these different little subgroups. And as cliche as this old trope is, united we stand, divided we fall, and we are more divided now than we've ever been. We do need to unite. We need to we need people that are anti-gun. Like, listen, I don't really like. I don't really like guns, but maybe I don't understand them. Maybe I've never shot one. Let me try and meet you. Let me try and make an effort, a conscious effort to see your point of view. And then people like you to be like, okay, how can we stop violence? Like, how let's, how can we do this? Arm without, everybody. And, Educate and arm everybody. Without that, but how could we say, could we make things better? Could we make, could we go into these poor communities and give them opportunities? Could we, could we, you know what I'm saying? That's the let's real answer. look at, because it's, it's not, it's not the tools, it's not the weapons, it's not the guns. It's the economic, socioeconomic factors uh, that play into that. And it that's is. why crime happens, really. Exactly. Let's, let's, let's look at that problem. Let's not look at this, let's say we had a gun here. I could put it on the table and I could demand that gun to kill you and guess what wouldn't do a damn thing it's an inanimate object wouldn't do a damn thing it's the person behind that so it's the person we got to fix to me that's the logic well also too if we stop fucking monetizing and industrializing the penal system a lot of these a lot of this crime and stuff will go away yeah and if people are trying to make money selling drugs let's make them legit let's make yeah let's license their asses dude dude, let's let them pay taxes let's just let leave people alone you know if I, I guess this is an uneducated opinion here, but if pharmaceutical companies took some of that, those big profits they have and they blue skied it and be like, you know what, we're going to create a lot of cheap drugs and we're going to license everybody who wants to sell. And That's a crazy idea and I love it. Isn't it, isn't it crazy? That's a crazy but it, it, idea. It would, it would decriminalize so much stuff and people who want drugs can get drugs. And I was going to mention this earlier, like it was a 1903 or 1901, I can't remember what year it was, the Harding Drug Act. Where they, with the federal government, criminalized all these different kinds of drugs, like you know, cocaine, laudanum, heroin, mm-hmm. you know, all these things, and essentially took control of it. So like, I think it's up to the big corporate entities to either do it on their own or lobby the government to do it, and just make drugs cheap and license everybody. You know, it'd be interesting. Guess what? People, that's a crazy idea. I know, right? I mean, that might be totally off base, but... Hey, but, you know, this show is all about finding strange ideas, and maybe someone will take that further someplace, somewhere along down the road, but I like it. Yeah. Well, I just want to be clear, too. I'm not necessarily pro-drug. I'm pro-gun because guns embody responsibility and drugs are kind of about cutting loose and having no responsibility so I'm more on the responsibility side than anything you support you support personal autonomy of the individual I totally do and I think that that people like-minded individuals it doesn't matter what your cause is if you're if you're pro if you I think everyone should support gay marriage but if you're gay you want to be you're in the trans movement guess what I support you because that's a different way of thinking that's a different ideal it's something I don't understand and you want to fight for your rights well I want to fight for my rights I'll support you you support me like this and then you know what we might not like each other but once you've won your battle don't try and and and, and fuck me over and we'll all be fine. You can be in your circle, I'll be in mine, exactly. sleep me alone. Well, with per- yeah, exactly, I totally agree. With personal autonomy, though, too, it's one of those things where if someone's upbringing was terrible and they're already a bad person, they're already fucked up, there's no amount of personal autonomy that's going to solve that. They're going to be bad anyway. But again, 
the caveat is, is that's, that's always been a small group of the percentage of the population. It's been a small group of people. So you kind of have to have faith in the fact that most people are good and that overall personal autonomy is really good. And yeah, um, who, who, again, too, somebody asked me, you know, why do you need that gun? Why do you need 30 rounds in, in your magazine? Why do you need this? Why the hell would you tell somebody who they can love? Yeah, right. You know, it's like, why are you telling them they can't get married? Because it offends your, your religious sensibilities? Uh, church, uh, church isn't even really involved in marriage. It's a state contract. Exactly. He's like, get over yourself, dude. Let them marry. And then they can discover what a fucking joy that is. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that was great, dude. That was great. <laughs> That's great. Oh man, that was—you killed it. You killed. Did you hear that? There was a stand-up. I think I've said this before. Sorry, guys, uh, but there was a stand-up comedian. It's like I, you know, I don't think that the, the gays, gay men in particular, I don't think they wanted to get married. I think that they that they'd spent their entire lives avoiding that, and now they're just pissed off. Like, damn it, damn it, I don't want to do this. Damn it! I gotta do what everyone else does now. Yep. And then there's the uh, there's a Saturday Night Live sketch about like uh, your your gay friend's wedding and how perfect they were. And I was pissing my pants laughing. It was so oh, I gotta check that oh, out. Oh yeah, you gotta check it out. It's good. It's good. No, but dude, we live in the best time ever. We we have a lot of um, there's a lot of problems, a lot of uh, social issues that we need to hash out. But I think that I think that we're hashing them out slowly but surely. I think I definitely feel that in my life people are, are waking up to the fact that uh, they just want to live and let live and be be left alone for the most part. And, and if you're not, well, I'm I'm here to try and change your mind, not yeah. in a forceful way, not in a forceful way at all, but just in a expand your mind, stay inquisitive, because uh, there are things I you you can find out and learn every day. Like the other day, I found out that there are cowboys in Compton. I, no sh- shit. I shit you not. That's fucking badass. Look this. These are there's a in in the city of Compton, which uh, I don't know. I've never I've never been there. I think I've driven through it, but <clears throat> nope, that's a lie. I've never been there. Um, <laughs> I had to think about that. It's Long Beach, but but um, there's these cowboys that ride around in the city of Compton. Just chilling, they have an equestrian uh, like kind of club and whatnot. That's pretty and cool. And like, quote unquote, when you think of Compton, what do you think of? You think of gangster rap and, and people right. dying and NWA and all that shit. Yeah, but there's a there's a community down there with people that have crazy interests and are are very similar to us. It, it's a western. It's a western. It's in the west. It's a western thing. They have cowboys. California cowboys. used to be What's very up? very conservative. Yeah. You know, until just pretty much recently in history. And look that up, for folks. Compton Cowboys. It's a it's a good story. There's a lot. I feel like a lot more stories like that need to start coming out. We only have had one narrative, one dominant narrative, and it, the world is so much interesting, more interesting if you start if you remain inquisitive and and kind of just start looking at how crazy this existence is and start really learning and understanding how much you don't know. Like every day, I wake up. And I'm just amazed. I'm amazed. I'm like, what? That's that exists. That exists. Like there's exactly, a probe. Yeah. There's a probe. VG 1991. Look that up. It'll blow your mind. It basically is this probe that we think it's it's returning in 2017. So next year, that it could be an alien probe. 
No shit. I swear to God, dude. It's crazy. They don't know what it is. This is this is true. This is real. This is happening, and you don't know anything about it. Most likely, you don't, but look it up. Have you seen the pictures coming back from uh, Jupiter? So there's a probe that went to Jupiter. Uh, you should look this up, Max. It's it, it took a picture of... You usually see Jupiter from the... It's a picture... Of, you can see the North Pole to the South Pole. Mm -hmm. This took a picture of the Southern Pole looking at it from... You can see it's east to west, essentially. Okay. Um, for its eastern, eastern pool and its western pool, I guess if that's the case. And it looks like a fucking thunder egg, dude. It looks like Oh, I have seen egg. that photo, but uh, yeah, I pulled that up, man. I just want to look at it. The storm systems on Jupiter are crazy. Is this the one, this is the one you're talking about? Oh, maybe. Let's see that Not sure. over here, bro. <sighs> no way. Have you guys heard the theories? No way. The theories go way back. In, for in, folks that are listening, what website is this? This is uh, space.com. You can go to space.com and check that out. Looks pretty That's pretty cool. Sweet. Jupiter Juno mission photos. <clears throat> yeah, it's pretty sick. Did you ever find anything about the Tuskegee Airmen? You're uh, fired. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> just Trump him? Right now. Yeah. Yeah, you're fired. You're fired. You're so fired. You got no idea how fired you are. <laughs> well, what were you saying? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. That. So there's this old theory. It goes back to like old 50s, 60s sci-fi. Uh, I think Arthur C. Clarke wrote about it in one of his... Uh, I think it was 2068 or 3001 space, okay. like the Space Odyssey okay. series, that Jupiter, because it's so dense and so heavy, um, such a it's such a huge planetary object that uh, over time the gravity has essentially just compacted the core down into a diamond because of all the carbon, mm -hmm. and so because of the gravity that the there's a theory out there that maybe the core of Jupiter is actually a diamond. You're gonna have to Google that. Yeah, that sounds pretty. Weird. Yeah, that's I mean, it was it, it was sci-fi, but <laughs> but an interesting idea though. You know, given enough uh, time and pressure, everything turns into a diamond. What, right? I, what, I, <laughs> what I think is interesting is like, so what I think it, when it rains, uh, like acid, like sulfuric acid on on uh, Jupiter or one of those, or maybe it's Venus that it rains sulfuric acid. I don't know. At any point, there is still there's a chance that there could be life that evolved to deal with that habitat well again uh same same sci-fi author talking about europa the moon of europa europa report have you seen that film i haven't you but need it's, to watch it. it's like encased in ice yeah and they they think that there's uh there's uh thermal vents underneath the ice in the oceans and you know given there's water and there's heat there's going to be life most likely that's a completely the bioluminescence if there is life on like under a sheet of ice, it's mm -hmm. just pitch black. Can you imagine yeah. what it would be like to be the first human being to go to, to not only fly to Europa, but then to go and discover your eyes, just <clears throat> to go and discover life for the first time, just seeing a bioluminescent. Who knows? Maybe the all the colors would be unique. I don't know. It's crazy. That's a crazy thought. Give it a million years, there might be a life that evolves in the ice in Europa. Uh, or we could just say that you could potentially journey there through virtual reality. It'd be pretty sweet. I mean, the what's going on with VR is mind-blowing. Totally. Did you see those videos <laughs> where they're playing like the survival horror games in VR? I have seen those oh, man. on YouTube. Hilarious. Yeah. It's terrifying. That is, <laughs> that is terrifying. I, don't know. I do not like You don't like idea. VR, Max? I like VR. I like the idea of VR for sure. Some of the applications are pretty neat. I saw they're using it to... Uh, help handle people's phobias 
Yeah. So people who are afraid of uh, spiders or whatnot, arachnophobia or something like that. Is that, that. kind of like you got caught smoking a cigar and I got to smoke the whole box? No, what they do, <laughs> it, what they do is they threw. I think they did it through the Oculus. It's like the Oculus Sam, Swift, yeah. Samsung or something, and uh, they they throw up a really friendly cartoon-looking spider. You get to know um, it. You get become buddies. It's like a five six hour ordeal. And interesting. It gradually progresses to be more and more realistic, and apparently by the end of it, there's a there's a quantifiable difference between your fear of spiders then and now, and so I think that's kind of cool application of that. But I don't like being terrified by non real things, so I don't know. What, 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 when it when it comes to a point where it's indistinguishable from reality, which it will get there, probably not in our lifetimes. Maybe, is it then real? Well, do you you delve into like Matrix territory yeah. now? Are we living in a simulation? Elon Elon Musk thinks we are, and he's a lot more intelligent than I am, and he's done a lot more. So if you think that this theory is crazy, folks, look that oh, up. Oh, dude! Once you start doubting, there's no end to it. And so everybody's probably seen the movie The Matrix. It's been made fun of a lot. But it's a solid movie. There was a movie though called The 13th Floor. And it was about living in a simulation. Sorry, I just gave it away if you haven't seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler. You got a spoiler alert. How dare you? How dare you, sir? No, that's... uh, It's weird. Sometimes it's good to uh, think along those lines because you need to stretch your mind. You need to stretch your mind. Numbers get me. I don't. I can't fathom a million or a billion dollars. Or, I mean, none of us. No, I don't really. Oh, maybe a few people. I can't say none of us because there's people that are have probably none of us though. They can fathom a billion or a trillion dollars in debt. Like we owe that many. Sorry, bring over fourteen debt. trillion dollars in debt, right? And I think the federal government only takes in close to six trillion dollars in taxes a year. So there's a gap. I don't even think about it. It's just to me, it's not real. Well, I was like, how is that even possible? Then you got the big banks like the Federal Reserve, which actually isn't federal. It's just it's it was, not, it's, not, it's a corporation. Yeah, it was given. It was given the power by the uh, the Treasury Department to print and issue the money, and they do it at a cost. So they charge the government for every dollar that they issue. So they ensure that we'll always be in debt on our money. That way they control the money supply, you know. It's that old axiom, whoever has the gold makes the rules. Mm-hmm. It's kind of true. There's a there's a, also an option, a, an interesting future option uh, to take care of banks, um, to get rid of them, and that's called Bitcoin. Yeah. Or Bitgold. There's like, so, there's like over 700 types of cryptocurrencies, and if you don't know what a cryptocurrency is, it's like... It's money on the internet. It's virtual money. And didn't Joe Rogan have a podcast about, about Bitcoin? Joe Rogan, on the Joe Rogan show, you can definitely, Miles, you'll put something. You'll put, yeah, look. That was a very enlightening podcast. Milo, like, Milo, was, excuse that me. That interview was pretty solid. Yeah. And I think Joe, One kept, coin. Joe kept it down, didn't like fuck with the guy too much, which is good. He's yeah. usually a, a fucking card, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> My Milo. Yano Piolos. Yep, Yano Piolos. Milo Yano Piolos. I like it. That's I can't pronounce his name. I probably butchered it. But um, <clears throat> that's the future, man. I really believe that's the future. I think it's it is the future. Unregulated he, money. He brought up some points about uh, we don't pay people anymore directly. We we there's always a middleman. This cuts the middleman out, and you pay people people directly, and then they keep their money. Yeah. Because I, I think it's funny that a lot of people um, don't think 
shit could hit the fan. They don't think that this current system that we're in could is capable of crashing. Well, the more you start looking into history and you look at the death of the Roman Empire, there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities between what's parallels, excuse me, going on back then and what's happening now. And then also, if you if you trust in the banking industry at all, you don't think it's in, you don't even need to look back that far in history to see. You look at the Great Depression; people lost everything from a bank, and people didn't put money in banks for the longest time. So now, with the advent of Bitcoin and and other cryptocurrencies, you can not ever have to use a bank and pay for things virtually. You can extreme, I mean, it's not fake currency, but it's just, I want to call it fake. I don't know why, that, that yeah. urge is there, it's totally real. It's, I guess just a, We've been conditioned. a creation of someone else's. You can load that to an ATM, a debit card, a, a Visa card, and you can pay for things. And it has nothing to do with the federal government, it has nothing to do, it's completely universal. That's mind blowing. Awesome. And it's worth more than a dollar. It's like six hundred and yeah, we looked that up. Six hundred and I think twenty six Bitcoin dollars. Yeah, yeah, like the conversion. The, the, I don't even know what it is, but Max is gonna pull this. We were up. talking about that about how you know you pay for something. It's like you just had point zero 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 two five bitcoins removed. You know, how be, crazy is that? Well, I mean, with six hundred and ten dollars to or six hundred and ten bitcoin to. Uh, Nope, just kidding. One Bitcoin is $610. Yep, one Bitcoin is worth $610. And so, I mean, there are, and guess what? It crashed. This market is incredibly volatile. It crashed, I think, at one point you could get it for pennies. You get Bitcoins for pennies on the dollar. Like yeah, I should have got one, it on that. Yeah, so if you, if you bought $5,000 worth of Bitcoin when it was at, for like two cents, two cents of Bitcoin, Imagine, and now it's $610. Imagine how rich you would be. Just it's going to crash up. again, though. Yep. It's going to crash again. I just don't know when. I don't, I, yep. I don't pay it's very volatile. It's very, don't invest your life in this. Speaking of which, volatile. so taking this whole thing together with the election and firearms, there's, there's been the last few elections, there's been this big bubble where prices for ammunition, firearms, and accessories just skyrocket. Mm -hmm. And uh, right now... I don't know. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's probably going to happen soon here. Especially if uh, Hillary gets elected, there's going to be a gigantic bubble. Uh, firearm magazines are pretty cheap right now, folks. Oh, <laughs> you stock up, you can double your money. That's a great investment. I've seen it. What is, what's the expression? Coffee, coffee and guns, or coffee and something never go down in price or are always guns always gold and jewelry guns gold and jewelry always hold their value yep but i think coffee was in there this was someone told me that right. i think they're probably well land shit. too they are making more land oh, you know land buy land that's incredibly that's important this is the oldest and you could land is the best investment you can ever because it can feed you and you mm -hmm. can live on it yeah even it. just like houses stuff in town even though i think the oregon uh, property tax system is completely bullshit because essentially you're leasing the land from the state. If you don't pay your, your property taxes, they can they can jack your shit. You don't you don't uh, you don't you can't collect your own water either. That's right. There's a guy in Southern Oregon who got got popped for collecting water in his uh, his he had these pools set up or something, mm -hmm. and it was rainwater. Mm -hmm. But the state says that's Oregon's water. How can that? How can that? How can a state own the water that falls from the sky? That's just like, the what the fuck water. is up with that? It's the people's water. It that's how it works. I just don't get it. Like you can't. You shouldn't be able to own raindrops. Like 
This is mine. Like, who, <laughs> whose idea was that? This is mine. You know why they did that is because he didn't have to pay for municipal water supply. So they they. I think he was running a pretty big operation, wasn't he, if I'm not, so, if I'm not incorrect. No and so he was using all this water he collected and saving a bunch of money. And they're like, we aren't getting our cut. I think that's what it comes down to. And I hate to sound cynical, but I think that's what it usually comes down to, isn't yeah, it? I think, yeah, well, yeah that's, it's, it's like the mob. It's like a gang. What is it? Well, I, I was looking up uh, other things about land. And what drives me the most crazy is Oregon is owned... 51% of Oregon is owned by the federal government. 51%. Yeah. How disturbing is that? Pretty disturbing. They, you know, and it's weird because uh, there's a chance to offload some of this debt that we have. There is a chance that we would sell that to other countries or other countries could take an interest in our land, which I, Australia's done. We've got to be careful with that, yeah, though. Australia has sold vast tracts of land to China. I think that a lot of countries in Africa have to. I know China's invested heavily into Africa, but everyone has at one point in yeah. time for the reason. Oh, man, it's actually really sad how the Western world is totally, they call it invested in Africa. They pretty much just raped that whole area and those oh, people. Dude, it's yeah. awful. It is. It's, yeah. It's, man, it's so fascinating how this, this it's like, works. There was a gal that did a TED Talks, and she was talking about how Africa, uh, countries in Africa are actually the richest countries in the world. They are. Yeah, but they're the poorest people in the world, and that's because of our Western influence and how we're pretty much, our governments and our corporations and stuff are pretty much undermining their their richness. You are predominantly right, but there's also a giant misconception about that. It's not like this helpless, a lot of the people there are very innovative, and a lot of crazy things are coming out of Africa. A lot of, they don't have banking systems, Mm -hmm. They have a sente where they're able to send money through minutes and stuff. Like they have an entire like, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And there's um, <clears throat> give me a second to see if I can get it. There's a, a fantastic film culture. Like I forget the name of it, but I've watched some documentaries. It's a very interesting time. Uh, and they're going to add, I think, another like two or three billion more people in the next hundred years and whatnot. And they have this. They actually have the space for it. Like it's yeah. not going to be a bad. It'll be a bad thing, but the, with with the advancing uh, with the advances of technology, they'll definitely be able to do that. Especially if they adopt some of our farming. Hopefully, we figure that out here. That's a whole other subject. Of course, That's a yeah. whole another road we can go down. And unfortunately, dude, guess what? It's been an hour. Okay. Can you believe that? Yes. Yeah, how long by. did that? How long did that feel like? It felt good. Is what it felt like. Just it was a snap, man. It was a snap. Um, do you have anything like how? Where can people get find out more information about? Oh wait, time out, time out. Okay. Do you believe in Bigfoot? Absolutely. Love it. And the reason I believe in Bigfoot is because not believing in Bigfoot's boring as shit. It's way boring. And it doesn't, it isn't conducive to opening your mind. Now, I, I may not believe in the actual creature Bigfoot mm. per se, but the whole idea of Bigfoot is what I believe in. That there could be more out there than what we're looking at. I think that that's really, that you hit the nail in the head of how I feel, is why not? There is a possibility that that thing exists. You can't tell me for certain now. There's yeah. a lot, there's, there's very few things I find that you can for absolutely 100% unequivocally say that's not true. Yeah, it's there's probably a lot, you know, but highly improbable, but it's not impossible. Exactly, which is very fascinating, and that's why I think that's a very interesting question to ask people. Do you believe in Bigfoot? Do you believe in the multiverse? 
that's a whole other subject. Right? No, next time you're on the show, we will get into that. But anyways, I'm sorry for interrupting. How can people... If you want to know about more about uh, about the shooting sports yeah. or competitive shooting, go to United States Shooting Association. I think U.S. Oh darn it! What is it? USPSA. Yeah, USPSA, and also the um, the United Shooting Sports Foundation, I believe. USSF. Okay. And if you want to know more about shooting uh, for recreation or competition in this area, go to arpc.info. Okay. That's the Albany Rifle and Pistol Club. And if you want to know about more about gun rights and gun advocacy and firearms rights, go to uh, um, Gun Owners of America. Check them out. Go to locally. Check out Oregon Firearms Federation. They're a very good organization here in Oregon who's fighting for our rights, even under our tyrannical Oregon state government we have right now. Um, and to some extent, the NRA. You can check out uh, the National Rifle Association website, even though I don't agree with what Chris Cox is saying. I do agree with what Wayne LaPierre does say, but Chris Cox is the leader of the the uh, legislative action branch of the NRA, and he advocates for denying people their rights who are on a terrorist watch list, and that's completely against the due process that we're afforded under the Constitution. Not only that, but also the medicinal marijuana. Right, we didn't cover that. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, if you, the NRA, I don't know if they've, do you know if they've made a comment on that? I don't know if they have. But if you, uh, if you have a medical marijuana card, you can be denied uh, the right to own a firearm. I yeah, because you, you fill out the form 4473 when you do the, the NICS background check, mm -hmm. and there's a question on there, are you the actual purchaser of the firearm? Yes. Are you a felon? A felon? No. Are you, this, are, are you a, illegally addicted to or using marijuana? And, and you can say no. But if you have a card and they see you have a card, they assume that you're using and that you're addicted to it. That's ridiculous. Because you can yeah. drink, you can you can take pills, you can take yeah. antidepressants. Yeah, you, you can, can be on heavy things. opiates. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And as long as you have a prescription, you're fine. How, I mean, we really, see, this is one of these things. We need That's to much more into. dangerous than pot, man. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it is. But anyways. I, oh, I'm but there's no medical, there's no medical research to show that's the case. Schedule one. That's right. I wanted to, uh, yeah, definitely thank you for coming on the show. I think thank you, real quick to kind of wrap it up, guys, always stay inquisitive. Thanks for listening. And, and really don't just accept a fear-based response. Really look into the issues and try to get to know the people behind the issues and try and understand their points of view. Uh, I love you guys. Thank you much. Big shout-out to the Infinity Break crew. And I will see you guys very, very soon. Peace. Hey Infinity Break fans, do you want to show your support and devotion for an extremely obscure group of entertainers? Well now you can. Just go to our website at infinitybreak.net and click on the shop tab to be whisked away to our Redbubble, where you can find all sorts of awesome shirts, stickers, notebooks, and other gadgets decked out with icons from all of our most popular shows. Act now, because that stuff will be there forever.